back. One more segment here on the Inside Black and Gold podcast. Subscribe if you haven't already. Wherever you get podcast, leave a rating, leave a review. I'm Jeff Nowak. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak alongside Steve Geller at Steve Geller WWL. You can follow the latest Saints coverage at WWL.com and on WWL AM 870 FM 105.3 and on the always free Odyssey app. Steve, what are your thoughts about the now number one Alante Taylor? Definitely love the swag, confidence, whatever you want to call it. He always brings. Uh, that was even from last year's rookie mini camp. I was like, man, who is this dude? And he just sounds like already that he considered himself a starter in that caliber. And now go and he, he showed it last year uh, and, and did pretty well his rookie season. Now interested to see, obviously, what year two has in store for the second round pick. And I thought there were some comments that he made that were kind of interesting because we saw him in the, you know, playing the slot, the nickel role. And he didn't, he, he's all right with it, but he definitely didn't sound like he was 100% on board with the move, but understands getting, obviously, I, I guess you would say, cross-trained in all these different areas to be that versatile guy. But definitely excited about what to see, what's what's number one now got to do uh, his second season in the league. But there's plenty of uh, competition in that, that secondary group. Paulson Adebo, uh, Bradley Roby, and Marshawn Lattimore along with Alante, those are four really solid corners, I think, going into this year. We talked about that last year, too. At the end of the day, I'm still a corner. I don't feel like I've, I've shown that I can't play the position, um, but I don't think the coaches feel that way either. I think I feel like they're just trying to introduce me to something new and just kind of see what I can do with it. Uh, just because, you know, game plan-wise, I may end up having to travel a guy who's a slot receiver one day. Uh, so Coach Woods is big on you know, his corners, knowing how to play the slot, but also playing the outside. So um, I'm open to it, like I said, but I feel like I'm still competing for the outside corner job. And that's still my number one priority. Yeah. And so, as you mentioned, he's wearing one number one now. And it's taken me a couple times because I see 27. And I'm like, oh, wait, oh, hold on. That's Isaac Adam now. Alante's in number one because Mark was Calloway is now with Denver. And he was wearing number one last year. He changed his number. He said it was like a tribute to his grandmother. I, what he was talking about is the slot there. And yeah, I, I, I agree. It's kind of sounds like, you know, he's willing to play the slot, right? But that's not where right. he wants to be. He wants to be outside and he's going to fight for that job. And so the question becomes, and we had this question in the in the mailbag section of the last podcast is, okay, well, whoever wins that job between Paulson Adebo and Alante Taylor, are they going to move in slot, in slide, in, inside to the slot? And I think the answer is no. I think that this team, as, as Alante said there, wants everyone to be able to play in the slot to have the ability to go play in the slot. But I think personally, whoever wins that job is going to start at the outside. And whoever loses that job between Alante Taylor and Paulson Adebo is going to back up on the outside and play in other roles around, maybe be a gunner, maybe be more involved on special teams. And you're going to have Bradley Roby be the starting slot corner. Maybe a Jordan Howden. Someone stands out in camp and you're like, wow. But I don't think that you're going to have someone battle on the outside all offseason and then be like, no, you're not going to start. Go do something you haven't really done all offseason. Go start at a position that you haven't been focusing on. And you can tell when you talk to Alante that he's focusing on the outside right now. He's battling for that spot. So that's kind of where I, I land on it. But I do think that he is very impressive. And Bobby Bear would agree with that take to an I, what I would say is a pretty <laughs> extreme level. Very bold um, statement, yes. 
Yeah, here's what he had to say on Sports Talk this week. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore was was not in attendance today, neither Bradley Roby or Paulson Adebo. But Alante Taylor goes to show, man, you talk about you looking at a big-time player here. He played outside. He played in the slot. Wherever they want him to play, Alante Taylor can play. And he's a guy that I think is something Without special. Without a doubt. Uh, he's something special. I think Alante Taylor is right there with Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore has more experience, but Alante Taylor, I think he's surpassed, even with all their NFL experience, Paulson Adebo and Bradley Roby. And I think we need all of them. We need all of them to compete at a high level. But but I'm looking at where uh, Alante Taylor is, Mike. And listen, I, and I, you know, I've always talked good about Paulson Adebo. I think even in addition uh, when we got Bradley Roby. When I look at Alante Taylor, Mike, that might end up being a steal. But we got now he was what was he second round? He was a second round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that you know a lot of people like he's second round, but he plays like a first round corner. There you go. Bobby thinks that Alante Taylor is Is on par with Marshawn Lattimore, which is a bold take considering he might not even start. And I mean, I, I brought this up to him yesterday, kind of thing, in jest, and I was like, you know. Alante still has, he still hasn't gotten his first interception in the NFL even yet. There were some penalties in that scenario last year. There were some drops though too. But I, I'm like, come on, the guy hasn't even got an interception yet. I can't yeah, he should have had two. I can't have him on par with Marjan. He had one that was overturned on a very soft Chris Harris penalty, and <laughs> one that was overturned on a very poor interpretation of what a catch is. So I mean, like in that sense, I'm not going to hold that against him. He he should have had multiple interceptions. He also had one bounce off his hands. At another point, he should have had three. Anyway, I think Alante Taylor is great. I think he's going to be spectacular. (laughs) I don't think he's there yet. I think where he could actually be better than Marshawn is as a tackler. I think as an open field tackler, he is excellent. Marshawn's not bad, but it's not the strength of his game. Whereas I think that Alante can be a much better run support player. Whereas you're going to like one of the difficulties in locking up man to man on the outside is you're running with your back to the quarterback. You're playing the receiver. They can just run a draw behind you and you are going to have no way to really identify what's happening. Screen games are tough. And so that's why you rely on your linebackers. But you can, in theory, with a guy like Alante play zone on one side, man on the other side and have him come up and make a tackle. I think he can do that very well and in, in ways that I don't know if Marshawn can. Marshawn as a cover corner is as good as it gets. If you're saying Alante is as good as Marshawn as a cover corner right now, it's because Marshawn's not there. <laughs> because you're not seeing him. Because he is that good as yeah. a cover corner. Either way, you know, we talked about Paul Sandibo a lot last offseason, and I think we probably overhyped him a little bit. And so, and that's just part of the offseason, overhyping guys. I think Alante Taylor has the potential to be as good as Marshawn Lattimore. He's not there right now. To me, obviously, right now, right now, Lattimore is at least a top 10 corner in the NFL. And yeah, t- you can't put Taylor I think he's there. a top two corner in the NFL. You have him as what? I think he's a top two corner in the NFL. Wow, okay, so there you go. He would, he would tell you he's top two, but he's not two. <laughs> I would agree with that for sure. But yeah, to me, I will say there, there's that possibility. You know, we look at Alante down the line. He might be a little more dedicated to the craft or to working out or, to, you know what I mean? Like Marshawn... He tends to sometimes have a little bit of lax to that attitude. And even some of the matchups we've seen 
some lesser wide receivers take advantage of him because he might not be, quote unquote, trying as hard. And I don't know. We'll see if Alante has more of that constant dog in him. But yeah, there's there's definitely no slight I'm trying to put against Marshawn. But the only thing to me is, yeah, there seems to be sometimes where he needs a little bit of a wake up call, like, all right, you're not playing Mike Evans this game, but you got to get up and cover X, Y, Z, whoever it happens to be. Yeah, I do worry about him in matchups where there's no like, and I've said this like when the, when they played the Giants, and I was like, who is Marshawn going to shadow? Because they don't have anyone to really focus on, and I think that those are the matchups that he has a harder time with because he likes to just lock in on one guy and take him away. And in certain matchups, that is massively important. In others, it's not. Whereas, like when you can take Mike Evans out of that Bucks offense, then it becomes a lot easier to stop them, right? When you can take A.J. Brown out of that Eagles offense, it becomes a lot easier to stop them. And it, to be fair, like that's what you need to win in the playoffs. In a random regular season game where you just need to kind of play good defense, it can work against you, I think. But I do think it also goes back to what we were talking about with Mike Thomas is he does a lot of things incredibly well. I don't think that being a vocal leader in the locker room is necessarily one of them. And Marshawn, I feel like this is another guy who's kind of a a – talks with his play type guy. Alvin's the same way. Like occasionally we'll hear about Alvin standing up in the locker room and making a impassioned speech and whatever. In most cases, he's a speak with your play type guy. I think Alante has the potential to be a team leader in a way that you have to be vocal and you have to put up and, sh- and talk big game at the same time. Like he could be a team captain down the road. Right. right. Almost in the mold, I would say, of like that kind of Malcolm Jenkins, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's a good example. You know, and I don't know if they've had that at the cornerback position, right? Like, I'm trying to think of another cornerback that you could say was like a team leader, potential team captain. And I don't know if I, I can't I can't think of any. So, yeah, but I mean, they have a really good track record of second round picks. Michael Thomas was a second round pick, right? You you look at him as another one of those really good second round picks. Eric McCoy is another example of a second round pick. Why were they drafting that special teams guy in the second round? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll consider that one of my victories is like being like, <laughs> you guys are dumb on, on day one and being like, oh, special teamer. Like, OK, relax. Wait, a anyway, waste of draft pick. Anyway, Alante's asked about, you know, what he wants his legacy to be with the Saints. And here's what he had to say. I feel like I'm still working on that. Uh, you know, I just want everybody to to know that, you know, I can be the, the next Marshawn, if not the better Marshawn. But like I said, my own legacy, my own way, just the way I play the game. Um, you know, I'm trying to get more involved into the community. Um, I feel like, you know, New Orleans has a lot to offer that I haven't got to see yet. So working on just kind of getting into the community just so people can know me outside of, you know, the helmet and just the hard hitting corner. I was hoping you were going to get to this because he, he mentions it, obviously, but he says, I can be. Not that I've arrived yet, yeah. though, either. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, like, and you want guys to feel like that. You want guys to, to sure. feel like they're always pushing for something. And I feel like DeMario Davis is a good example of that, right? Like, DeMario, the first few years of his career, you know, he wasn't, you know, we, we talked about the last few years, like, how has he never made a Pro Bowl? Well, part of that's because the first few years of his career, he was middling, right? He played with the Jets, he was with the Browns, he was solid, but he wasn't the guy we know. He wasn't the DeMario Davis that's been a team leader on the Saints for so long. And I think that, you know, I don't know if Lante needs to go somewhere else to be that guy, but I do see a lot of the same qualities in just in terms of the work ethic, in terms of how he composes himself, how he speaks to people, how he leads that group. And you can kind of profile him as a team leader the same way DeMario, when he goes up there and talks, you're like, okay, this is a guy that you can see. It's like you put him in the pregame huddle and he's going to fire people up. And I think you can, you can kind of, 
see the same type of qualities in in Alante as Demario. Yeah, you mentioned that with Demario Davis, and to me, it, it definitely blows my mind with the fact that the Jets and Browns had a guy like that in the locker room, and it's like, was he not as vocal then? I, I don't know, but because I can't imagine you letting that voice leave, kind of thing, because I, I, I just see him as obviously one so important on the field, but two, just a big motivator and and team guy that unites guys in the locker room and it just the Jets let him go twice for crying out loud or was it the Browns the Jets and the Browns yeah. I think he went back to the Jets I, right, I don't right. remember either way the Saints <laughs> signed him and and I don't think they've regretted it you know Definitely one thing not. that happened this week and we can kind of close on this is you know Demara Davis talked and he had a lot of interesting things to say I, you know I talk about how maybe Alante Taylor can be a team leader down the road when you if you would lose a voice like Demario Davis at some point he is eventually going to retire I don't know when that is and funnily enough I don't think DeMario knows when that is because he was asked about it multiple times this week. And this is what he had to say. That is a tremendous question. (laughs) Um, I do think about it all the time. But where I'm learning to live in my individual life, I'm not there yet, is try not to process life from my my head so much um, and try to let what's happening inside of my heart kind of speak to me you know I, I I profess my faith in God but it's a lot easier for me to try to figure out what he wants from me instead of me just waiting till he shows me what's next and so all I know is he's showing me right now uh, that this season is coming up and I need to be ready for it and so that's where I'm trying to be is present and be right there and then he'll show me what's next and uh, if I can be patient and wait on that it'll be a lot better than me trying to figure it out myself because once I get up here it's going bad. Knowing that the level that you have played the game at, would you ever play if you could not play at a certain level? That's a that's another great question. Hey, you on fire today, my man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's challenging questions. I've always said if I wasn't playing at the level that I would want to be playing at at the highest, um, then I would you know be ready to walk away from the game. But when you're not on your own time, and you on God's time, he may have me here for different reasons, such as relationships and mentoring other guys in the locker room um, or using the platform to have impact on the field. And so that's why I have to try to stop trying to figure it out on my time because it's not just about me. It's about what he knows in his providential way uh, of bringing it all together. And so, you know, if I was on my own time, yeah, I, w- I would say that. But I'm not on my own time. I'm on his time. And so I want to be in this game as long as he has me here, um, happily doing exactly what he wants me to do, whether that's going out and being a star on the field or that's being a background guy helping guys in the locker room. I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, or, or hope that my heart becomes cool with being cool with it. Hopes that his heart becomes cool with being cool with it. You know, we've talked about this, and one thing that is a pet peeve of mine is when you ask someone a serious question, and then they're just like, oh, God will tell me. <laughs> and that's basically what... Right, what, uh, the old Jameis God's plan kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like when Jameis came off the field after just heaving it up to Mark West Calloway, and like, it was God's plan, coach. <laughs> like, but the, I think what Sean said was like, this other guys have a God, too. <laughs> but, you know, in, in this case, I actually don't have an issue with it, because I, like, genuinely... I don't think DeMario Davis knows. Like Cam Jordan, for example, when you ask him when he's planning on retiring, he said that. 
year 10, he, he was, the plan was always to check in with his body and to kind of think about it and, and figure out what the next, if he's going to keep going. He, obviously, it worked out. Next benchmark, year 13, that was this year, decided to keep going. Next benchmark is year 15. He's going to keep going until then, and then he's going to think about it again and make that decision. Malcolm Jenkins told us that at, after year 10, every offseason, he was like, okay, is this the year? And he decided not to, and then I think he got to year 12. I can't remember. Either way, like that. then he eventually said, you know what? It's time. Drew Brees said every offseason, basically since 2017, he had to make that decision every offseason. I asked Demario Davis two years ago if at year 10 he was going to be like, okay, I'll start thinking about it. And his reaction was like, how dare you ask me that question? <laughs> but he did answer it. And I, But I think like the way he kind of responded to that is like, he's not thinking about it. It's like when it's time, it's time. And I think that's his way of saying that. And he's obviously a very devout religious guy. So he's going to couch it in his faith and all that. I think that's what he's saying is like, he's not, setting any benchmarks for, okay, I have to make a decision by this year. This is when I'm going to start really considering it. He's going to let his his play on the field kind of, and his, and his ability to do all the work, make that determination for him. And I, I think that's fair. You know, and I think when he's not able to play at the level, he's going to be honest with himself that he's not able to play at the level that's good enough to be a starting NFL linebacker. That's when he, he'll make that decision. Yeah, a, a career high in sacks last year. He ain't going nowhere yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think his game has changed a little bit, Definitely. and he kind of he he kind of gave a you know a, a little ribbing to the to the media who's been like saying he's too old because he hears that stuff. He does pay attention, and I think that he is a different player right now than he was maybe four or five years ago. But that's not a necessarily a bad thing. I just don't I don't think he's a volume tackler anymore. I think that's why Pete Werner being in that role is helpful because he's going to be a guy who can fly around the field and make those tackles. He needs to be a cover linebacker and be able to do that and also get upfield and affect the quarterback. And so I, I think that's kind of where his game has adjusted this last couple seasons. I don't think that eight sack or whatever season was a mirage. I think that's going to be what you see from him a little bit more as, as he progresses later into his career. But I don't think he's, lost a step in the sense that he can't chase guys down to the edge of the field. He just needs to rely on his brain a little bit more than he might have in years past where he needs to make sure he's not taking false steps rather than being able to recover from false steps in real time, if that makes sense. Like you said, there's there's no drop-off in what we've seen from uh, production and DeMario on the field. And honestly, you look at this Saints linebacking group, there better not be because uh, it's a – not a very deep position with experience, I'll say at least, obviously. There's a lot of unproven talent that we need to see more of come through there. But, I mean, yeah, DeMario De and Cam are your two main guys on this team. And, you know, you've mentioned it. It's no no secret. Obviously, no one can beat Father Time. Eventually, they are going to take a downswing in production. And I just don't see it. It hasn't been a huge drop off for either one right now. No, and I mean, it kind of just comes full circle. When when that time does come, you need guys to step up and be team leaders, and a guy like Alante Taylor makes a lot of sense in that in that in that kind of vein. Um, but that's a, that's all I had. Do you have anything else you want to you want to hit on before we get out of here? No, one more week of the voluntary workouts before we get into mandatory time, and yeah, that's when things get really interesting. Obviously, just because it's like, well, there's no excuse for not being around then. Yeah, I am. I am interested to see. So week one, you had Tyron show up who probably didn't have to. And he was kind of doing that job of being the the mentor, the veteran mentor. Cam's always there. 
This Mario, I expect we won't see Demario again, but I bet there's going to be somebody. I bet it's like a Taysom Hill or like I get, I bet you get one. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they organized it this way is they, they kind of figure it out. Like maybe Marshawn shows up and you just kind of get that one week where he can kind of talk to the younger kids and kind of lead them through drills and stuff. I think that's probably what we're going to see. I'm interested too, just because of the fact too, obviously we came back Tuesday, Memorial Day weekend. Maybe some of the guys that were present decided to take an extra long weekend and didn't show up for Tuesday's section. But we we don't know what happened on Wednesday and Thursday at practice in the second week of OTAs, obviously, because we weren't there. Maybe it's possible. That, yeah. And that, that, I do that's think a little that, bit of a, the tough part of obviously just getting to see one session each week. Yeah. And I think that's also too like, don't overreact to the attendance. Yes, exactly. You're only doing it because there's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> that's the right. only reason it's happening. It was like, you got to talk about something and be like the only thing of note rather than, Hey, they, the Derek Carr completed four of six passes in the drills. We kind of halfway watched. Obviously um, if Derek Carr wasn't there, that'd be news. Yeah, if Derek Carr doesn't show up, then yeah, we can talk about that. Um, I think he will. But <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. saying even for the voluntary stuff, it's like you need your new quarterback there. Obviously, it's even though it's not mandatory, it kind of is mandatory for Carr. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's wrap this up. I know I did promise we talk about Rashid Shahid. We ran out of time, but we will have an episode early next week, so I figure we can get into that and kind of talk about you know one more week of Rashid Shahid and preview what we're looking at. He's been very good, and we have some clips from him. He's bulked up a little bit to 185. So I, I think we mentioned that earlier. So I think we should at least mention what we were referencing. Uh, he's bulked up a bit. And, I, you know, because I had talked about that, like he, he's wearing 22 now. He looks a little bigger. Maybe it's a mirage, but he has actually gained some weight, uh, picked up some bulk, and he's still fast. Still so used to that number there, too. Yeah, well, we'll get into that on Monday when we kind of preview the next set of OTAs and then obviously the final OTAs and then we'll get into minicamp and then we'll have a month off. Yay. But all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone. As always, if you haven't subscribed yet, do that wherever you get your podcast. Leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe on YouTube at WWL Sports. Check us out the latest Saints coverage at WWL.com. You can follow Steve at Steve Geller WWL. And every night on Sports Talk, 5.30 to 8 p.m. on WWL AM 870 FM 105.3 and the always free Odyssey app. I'm getting better at saying that real fast i'm jeff nowak at jeff underscore nowak any parting thoughts steve check us out friday after the lsu game we'll be coming on to do a wrap and i'm sure we'll you know wrap on the game obviously and i'm sure we'll mix in some saint stuff yeah i'll have some stuff to complain about for sure (laughs) all right y'all be easy later everyone